we're not live. This is just pre-recorded. Um, but anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk about real-life superheroes, like people who are vigilantes that kind of took to their own and stepped out and fight crime. And we're also going to talk about one that kind of went a little bit too far. And it's like, we're going to talk about when conspiracies get a little bit, you know, too real and where do we draw the line? Because uh, the, the, I'm talking about the author of the book. It's called, it's called American Madness, the story of the Phantom Patriot and how conspiracy theories hijack American consciousness. And we're going to talk about when conspiracy theories, how do we know what's real and what's not nowadays with, um, you know, we know we've been lied to by the government, but. Um, you know, some conspiracy theories are, have, been, have become a little bit out there. And the, that, the, the author I have tonight, his name is T. Cruos. Let me tell you about him. He's a freelance writer and author from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's a regular contributor to publications such as Rivercrest, Riverwest Currents, M Magazine, 14 Times, and the Shepherd Express. He's also published a wide variety of other publications, including New York Press, The Guardian, Boston Phoenix, Maximum Rock and Roll, Opinions, AV Club section, and pop mythology. Some of his favorite subjects to explore and write about include unique and unusual subcultures, people, places, art, and music. Prudos' first book is a nonfiction titled Heroes in the Night, Inside the Real-Life Superhero Movement. Through a thorough investigation of his movement and subculture, people who call themselves real-life superheroes and adopt their own costume personas to hit the street and fight justice. Second book, Monster Hunters, on the trail with Ghost Hunters, Bigfooters, Ufologists, and other paranormal investigators, was published in 2015 for Chicago Review Press. And his website, excuse me, his website is tcruos.com. I want to welcome to the show. T, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Where do you want to take this? Do you want to start off with talking about the, the superhero book, or do you think you want to talk about your new book first, American Madness, The Story of the Phantom Patriot? Um, I I think that starting with the real life superheroes is great because that's what led into my most recent book, American Madness. It all started um, from the real life superhero story. Yeah, and I think that that real life superhero movement it amuses and interests people. Um, what drew you in writing about the people involved? Yeah, so this goes all the way back to two thousand and nine. Um, I was reading a newspaper and uh, I like to read this syndicated column called news of the weird. And it's just a collection of short, like news bits about different strange news, you know? So, you know, I would often read that that column. And in one of them, it said, Hey, did you know that there is a subculture of people and they actually adopt their own superhero personas And some of them, you know, do charity work or stuff like that. But some of them actually go out on the street, dress as a superhero and try to fight criminals like in a comic book. (laughs) And I was, you know, so I read that. I was like, that's interesting. And I've always I, I loved superhero comics when I was a kid. That was probably the first thing that I read. And, you know, I love all the superhero movies. I see them. And uh, my brain just wouldn't let that story go. It, I just kept thinking about it. I was like, what did that mean? That there's people that actually dress like superheroes. So I guess curiosity got the best of me. And I did a Google search for Milwaukee, which is my hometown, and real-life superheroes because I wanted to see if there was any uh, cruising the streets here in my hometown. And sure enough, um, 
I found a MySpace page. Remember, this is 2009. People are still My, using wow, MySpace. Wow, MySpace. Holy heck. <laughs> there was a guy who called himself the Watchman, and uh, he said he was a real-life superhero from Milwaukee. So I was like, all right, here goes nothing. I'm going to send him a message. And I was like, hey, I'm I'm really curious about what you're doing. So I was wondering if you would meet up with me and 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 tell me about it. And at that time, I was doing a lot of freelance article writing. So I was like, this will be a good magazine article or something, I think. And so we arranged a meeting at a city park near my house late one night. And I was just kind of walking around this park. And all of a sudden, I see this guy walking towards me. And he's wearing his full-on superhero costume. <laughs> and I will never forget that moment because I was like, wow. This guy is real. There he is. He's walking right towards me. That's hilarious. What did he look like? I mean, um, he has a red cowl. Uh, it's like made out of rubber, and he has these red leather gloves, and he wears a trench coat and like a spandex shirt with his Watchman symbol on it, which is like a W that has a, a clock hand in it. And boots, you know, and like army pants, black army pants. And uh, I talked to him. We walked around that night. And I was like, I kind of like that. I like this guy. Like, I, I think this is a little bit, it's not something that I would do. But a lot of stuff that he was telling me about how he wanted to be a symbol of someone who's trying to do good in the world. And he wanted to look out for his neighbors and make sure that they were safe. I was like. I, I can kind of dig this, you know? I think there's a lot of people out there that actively make the world a worse place. So it's nice to know that there's, like, this movement of people who want to try to do good. And um, I did write an article about him, but I was like, I think that really only scratches the surface. And um, I was like, I think this could be a good book. And it was really great that I'd made a connection to the Watchmen because he put out a good word for me you, to the real-life superhero community. He was like, hey, if this guy approaches you and wants to talk to you, I would recommend that you do it because it seems like he doesn't want to make fun of us and that he's like genuinely interested. So I ended up traveling around the country. I didn't even have a book deal at that point. I just would save some extra money and then I would take a long weekend and go out to New York or San Diego um, or up to Minneapolis and would hang out with these guys and go on patrol with them and like, you know, talk to them. And uh, it was a slow process, but I eventually sold that and the book was published in 2013. And it okay. was just, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, have these guys, uh, like, do they fight crime? Have they, have they told you tales and where they got mixed up with some real criminals? And have they ever apprehended them? And what do they do, turn them into the real police? Or, like, what? how does this go down? I mean, a lot of it seems to be just, like, a costumed neighborhood watch patrol. Okay. Where they're looking for a crime and they might call it into police. There have been some that have tried to place people under citizen's arrest to very mixed results, I would say. Um, I'll tell you, one of the more frightening nights of my life was in Seattle. 
there's a real life superhero there named Phoenix Jones, who's one of the more well-known real life superheroes. I was out on patrol with him and we saw um, a group of people who were fighting in the middle of the street. And Phoenix Jones ran in the middle of this group of people that were fighting and he pepper sprayed them. Oh my God. And they, yeah. And they got very angry and they began to attack him. Uh, and even me, I was, I was standing there, you know, and a guy ran up to me and punched me in the face. Oh I was like, God. Hey, it was like, Hey, don't punch me. I'm just a writer. Don't punch me. Yeah. They don't know though. Right. They think you're like, right. They had probably like one of his, his sidekick or something. Yeah. Um, and it was very frightening because it looked at one point, like they were looking, the guy was reaching into another guy's coat. Like he was going to pull something out. I was like, man, these people could have guns, you know? And, uh, a couple of them got into an SUV and actually tried to run Phoenix Jones over with a, the SUV, but he, he ran out of the way and my heart was just pounding. I was like, this is bad. Someone could die. And eventually, you know, I never thought I would be so relieved to hear this, but police sirens and the police came and they kind of broke things up and they arrested Phoenix Jones. He went to jail that night. Because you and, can't uh, interfere with someone's like, if there's someone in a fight, if you, if you instigate it more, if you could do something like Peppersman, then the police would consider that kind of instigating more, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they, um, they were going to charge him with assault. They later dropped the charges against him. That's but nice. Yeah, that's cool. The, the Seattle city attorney also kind of gave him a stern message where he was like, look, leave this job to the police. We don't want you out there trying to fight crime. So, um, uh, and I mean, I think Phoenix Jones, his heart is really in the right place. Like he, uh, wants to help people out. He saw people that were very viciously fighting each other. Like there was a guy on the ground, he was being kicked. So I was like, you know, he wanted to try to help. Uh, but in see, that situation, yeah. in that situation, I think he might have made it worse because the pepper spray just pissed everyone off, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I mean, but, but can I ask you this? Where did you ever have any other close calls that were like, you know, where they, you know, like ran into like the mafia or drug lords or anything like that? I mean, I'm just kind of going out there on a limb, but I just, I'm just wondering how far these guys go. No, I've not heard of any uh, real life superheroes taking on like high level mafia or, or gangsters and stuff like that. Um, they've usually encountered like drug dealers, people who are fighting outside of bars, um, you know, stuff like that. But they're trying to make sure that their neighborhood doesn't get polluted with crime, right? Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I can respect that because you know. Um, and now, out of all the people you met, did you have any favorite superheroes? Oh, I met a lot of really cool ones. You know, um, it's really. A mixed group of people there are some bad apples i would say that maybe are doing it just because they're looking for a fight or something like that but i met a lot of people that i think really are you know um helping out their community so uh the watchman the guy i met here in milwaukee um you know became a good friend of mine and uh 
Uh, I love the guys from Minneapolis, Razorhawk and Geist. There's a really cool group based out of San Francisco area called the California Initiative. They've always, they have like, um, you know, they don't try to fight crime, but what they do is they have free self-defense classes that they offer to people. They do a lot of um, outreach as far as handing out supplies to homeless people, like food, you know. I was like, that's cool. That's great. Um, and there's a really cool guy in Vancouver that I met named Thanatos. And uh, he's this super cool guy. But, yeah, I, I met uh, lots of really cool people. And, and like I say, I really admire that they're trying to do something positive. I heard you say there was one that was a woman and she was a Puerto Rican bodybuilder named Miss Fit. Oh, yeah, Miss Fit. She's awesome. I love that. I, I like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, she is a she is a uh, was a professional bodybuilder. She's totally ripped. Uh, I challenged her when I met her. I said, let's arm wrestle. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, it, w it was kind of a draw because her arms are much more muscular than mine are. But my arm is really long because I'm, I'm tall. Yeah. So, uh, we, we called it a draw. But um, she's, she's wonderful because uh, she does this annual charity uh, event that raises money for St. Jude's Hospital. So um, she gathers together this team. Um, they participate in like this mud run obstacle course and they get people to, you know, donate to their team. And she's been doing it for 10 years now and has raised tens of thousands of dollars for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. I think and that's, I like, that's, a, that's a important. I mean, anybody that's trying to help humanity like that should really be applauded, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just such a great thing to do with your spare time rather than doing something selfish you know yeah now this all led to the spin-off of your your newest book that was released in 2020 and i'll repeat it for yeah. the audience it's called american madness the story of the phantom patriot and how conspiracy theories hijacked american consciousness which i think is a great title and you know in my dealings with you know people who are into conspiracies i'm into conspiracies i'm not gonna lie yeah I cover a lot of them on my show, but I, I don't know where to draw the line. I don't, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not, you know what I mean? Without doing, you, know, you have to do a lot of research to find out. I mean, like, I'll give you one that's going around is like the secret space program. Like I don't deny any of those people, but a lot of people are saying that they've had these terms in the secret space program where they've done 30 years and then they were age addressed and put back into society. I, I can't I can't deny them, but at the same time I'm like, well, we don't have any substantial evidence for this, you know. But um, yeah. but they tie in the MK Ultra to it, and like, you know, um, a, a couple things that are actually real. Like, you know, the MK Ultra was real, so yeah. you know, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to figure out like what's really going on. And the fact that Solar Warden I think has been somewhat proved. I'm I'm not sure. I can't say that for sure, but. There's the, the, Gary McKinnon hacked into the new U.S. Navy's computer server, and he found patents of a of a you know of a ship, and I think that's what started the whole Solar Warden thing. I don't know if you ever read into that, but I mean that made people think that there might be a secret space program. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know too much about the secret space program theory. I mean, like you say, there's so often uh, at least a grain of truth in there 
But then, especially, this is why the internet can be so dangerous. It kind of morphs as it's passed along from one person to another. And, uh, you know, people make up stuff on the internet. So suddenly, that thing that was true has now mutated into something that has a little bit of truth to it, but has uh, a lot of folklore and urban legend added to it along the way. Yeah. So... And it's very hard to tell now. Um, I, I've totally been suckered by stuff I've seen on the internet. And I was like, wow, I can't believe this. And then you look closer and you're like, okay, this isn't like a real news source. This is just some YouTube or, you know, sometimes a parody site. Sometimes you can't tell if it's a parody or not, you know? I'll tell you what got me. There's a couple of things. I think COVID-19 didn't do the mainstream news any justice because you know the the subculture went to the internet and said the mainstream media is trying to promote fear and then if you did turn on the news it seemed like a lot of fear was being pushed out so i kind of sure. blocked out all the news sources which probably wasn't a good thing i blocked out yeah. all mainstream media because i didn't want any more to deal with it i didn't want to hear anything more about covid i just couldn't yeah. handle it you know it was just too much in my life yeah, and like yeah. i i was like so you know that the COVID didn't do us any favors as far as like, you know, um, verifying what's, you know, and then, and then a lot of people lost their jobs and like, you know, you can see why people would start to go down a spiral path of conspiracy because there's just so much out there that we don't know. And I don't think people have ever had to deal with a pandemic before in this lifetime. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't know about past lives people. We might've all been around for the bubonic plague. We just might have been a past life, you know. <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. lifetime, we we don't we've never had to deal with a plague, you know. We've had to deal with nine eleven, you know. Me and you, our age, you know, um, yeah, that didn't yeah. directly affect me, you know. Like what did the yeah. Patriot Act kind of the, the the laws that they passed with the Patriot Act definitely messed up a little bit of things, like. But um, you know, it's it's. What, what, I mean, what are your thoughts on like what COVID did to conspiracy? Well, I mean, some real key ingredients to a good conspiracy uh include fear anger um misinformation spreading and uh, all that happened during the pandemic i mean a lot of people were shocked people lost their jobs people lost their businesses you're told that you're you can't go out in public because you might get this terrible disease and um, people were afraid and, and angry. So, you know, I can see why some of those theories became popular because people were searching for answers because they're like, someone has got to be responsible for this. Who is it? You know, yeah. is it, is it uh, the Chinese government? Is it our own government? And so people were questioning and, and a lot of them were stuck at home so they're spending a lot of their time on the internet looking for stuff. Yeah. And, and that's when, you know, it started the, to spread. And the internet can, can be kind of accessible for information, you know? It's, it's great because the internet is great because you can find all sorts of information at the, the click of a button, but it also can be terrible because you can spread misinformation very quickly. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to tell, like, if the source you're getting your information from is good or not. 
Well, I mean, maybe we can just spread some light on what happened with this this man that, that you wrote your book on, the American Matters, yes. uh, how conspiracy theories hijacked American consciousness. Could you tell the story of the Phantom Patriot and maybe that'll yeah. shed some light on just how confused sometimes people get, maybe. Yes. So um, here's what happened. In 2010, I was still working on my first book, Heroes in the Night. Uh, I didn't have a book deal at that point, but I did something that I think was pretty smart, which was I started a blog that was also called Heroes in the Night. And, um, you know, it was just a blog spot page. And I was writing little entries about real life superheroes that I had met or, um, you know, if there was a, a story about one of them, I would I would share that. I would occasionally do like a real life superhero of the week profile. And um, and it started to get some traction. Like uh, my blog was referenced in some news articles and the real life superhero community, uh, a lot of them were reading it and sharing it. So one day in 2010, I get an email from a guy and he says, Hey, uh, my name is Richard McCaslin. I stumbled across your blog and I think that you might have an interest in interviewing me because uh, I created my own real life superhero persona called the Phantom Patriot. And back in 2002, I raided a place called the Bohemian Grove and oh I actually God. started it on fire and I went to jail. Wow. So he set Bohemian Grove actually on fire. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and he was like, so if you're interested in talking to me more, you know, here's my contact information. And I had not, at that point, um, I thought that I knew about conspiracy, but I really only knew a fraction, as it turned out. I, you know, being um, a young guy in the 90s, I loved the X-Files. So I had this, kind of, that's what I thought of conspiracy as. I'm like, oh, I know what conspiracy theory is. It's like, you know, UFO crashes and the men in black and the JFK assassination. And, uh, you know, maybe Elvis being spotted at the 7-Eleven or whatever. Um, but I had not heard of the Bohemian Grove. So I was like, what is he talking about? So I immediately went to Wikipedia and read their entry. I was like, wow, this is weird. This is a really weird story. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. this guy. He's like into conspiracy. That's like why he, he went there. So I just, I read and I watched videos on the Bohemian Grove. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll say that I want to talk to this guy because I'm interested. I'm real interested on how he ended up there and what the story is all about. So, you know, I, I said, yeah, let's talk. And um, he sent me a, a package that had, he didn't like using computers um, because he was afraid that he was being spied on. And, and maybe he was, I don't know. He sent me a package that had this long handwritten letter, which was the first time in a long time I've received a letter. And he also had a autobiographical comic that he drew while he was in prison that like explained his entire Bohemian Grove raid. Um, 
And I was like, this is really pretty fascinating. So I ended up, uh, you know, interviewing him on and off for like eight years. And I ended up meeting him three different times in person, uh, including the last time I went to go visit him was 2015. He had moved to kind of a strange little desert town called Pahrump out in Nevada. That's where Art Bell was from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I I was a big Art Bell fan. Yeah, and I think Perumptus kind of naturally attracts, like, um, outsiders, I would say. Yeah. But but anyway, you know, I interviewed him, and I learned his entire life story. Um, I Eventually, I put in a Freedom of Information Act request with the Secret Service, and they sent me their entire file on Richard McCaslin. And... Um, you know, I I was always working on this book, but it kept, it wasn't happening. It kept um, getting bumped back. But uh, Richard, uh, sadly, died in 2018. Uh, he took his own life in front of a Freemason temple in Washington, D.C. That was now, kind of his last act. He thought that like people were being sacrificed at the Bohemian Grove. That's yes. why he set it on fire, right? And when he went in, it was just a yeah. bunch of city workers, right? Yes. So what happened was um, Richard went through a real tough, rough patch in his life in the late 90s and early 2000. Uh, both of his parents died. He was an only child. He lost his job. Um, he had this sort of romantic idea about someone that did not share his feelings. And I mean, he was just, he had nothing. And I think all this was swirling around in his head. And then one night he decides to click on Austin cable access and he happens to see a documentary made by Alex Jones that's titled, um, uh, dark secrets inside Bohemian Grove. In that documentary, Alex Jones um, suggests that they're doing a satanic ritual inside of the Bohemian Grove. And he even hints at one point that maybe they're sacrificing live people. So Richard was like, this is going to be my mission. I'm going to go to the Bohemian Grove. I'm going to save the people that they have in prison there. They're going to be sacrificed in front of this owl statue which that does exist there is a giant owl statue in there and they, they, they have the this... cremation of care it's called the, 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 yeah. the, the, the yeah. it's very weird it's like if, if if they don't want people to think things about them they shouldn't have such a weird ceremony yeah. i mean that, what is that i it mean it weird. almost makes you think it's something freemasonish you know what i mean like, yeah. I, yeah i don't know why they do that why these wealthy businessmen go and get dressed up in like monk uniforms and yeah, pray to yeah. a god which some people say is Moloch, the, the owl yeah. god which is like you know it's it's very strange to say the least to say the least so yeah i, I, I totally agree i can't say but, that yeah. richard was wrong that it was strange but i guess he, he yeah. was way off in his perception of what was going on there yeah so you know he has this vision of him being a hero like saving people he puts together this phantom patriot costume, which is like he had a, a, a rubber skull mask and like, you know, a jumpsuit that said phantom patriot on the front. 
and he was armed. He had, uh, you know, a rifle, a, a pistol, a ninja sword, a crossbow, a smoke bomb launcher. <laughs> oh, knife. my God. A he smoke bomb like an, launcher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, like, an arsenal. And he snuck into the grove uh, at night. But the one thing he wasn't prepared for was uh, his flashlight ran out of batteries. And, um, uh, you know, he couldn't see because the trees are so tall in those woods that they block out the moonlight. So it's like pitch black. So he found a cabin and he like kicked in the door and he, he sat in this cabin until sunrise. Then he walked out into the grove and um, he found the owl statue. So one thing he wanted to do if he didn't find any sacrifice victims was he thought that the owl statue was carved out of a redwood tree and he wanted to burn it. But he discovered that's actually made out of concrete. Uh, so there's a nearby like mess hall where like all the members have dinner and stuff. He went in there and he set that building on fire. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. Which, uh, triggered a fire alarm. And, uh, so he was like, all right, now I'm going to get out of here. He encountered the Bohemian Grove. It's most of the members go there in summer. But as a member, you can go there whenever you want, if you want to, like, go have a fishing trip or something. So they have a permanent, like, year-round security guard and maintenance person that lives there at the Grove. So he encountered this person, you know. Uh, he drew a gun on him and then saw that he was unarmed, so he, he kept walking. He was trying to get to his truck, but then California Highway Patrol and uh, the Sonoma County Sheriff's Department both show up and he has this pretty tense armed standoff with them where they're telling him that he needs to drop his weapon and he's not sure he's, he's at this point he admitted he wasn't sure if he wanted to live or not you know yeah so but but eventually he surrendered he put down his gun and um, he went to prison for about six and a half years and then was on probation for another three years. And I first got in contact with him right as his probation was coming to an end. Did he say why he uh, he wanted to kill himself or did he ever leave any, like, especially, I mean, it had to be more conspiracy related because he did it in front of a Freemason's temple. So, you know, he must've been pretty deep in like what he thought. Yeah. Um, that was such a, a shock to me. Um, you know, I hadn't heard from him in a while, but I knew I was going to be working on this book. So I was like, all right, I need to talk to Richard soon because I want to wrap this book that I'm working on up. Um, and then I got, he had one friend uh, named Lon and Lon was one of the few people that was kind of a consistent friend to him in his life. Uh, he gave me a call and he was like, Hey, Richard died a few months ago. He drove to Washington, D.C., and he had all these, like, protest signs on his truck, and he shot himself inside of his truck in front of this Freemason temple. So Richard left behind, um, I guess, his final statement, and uh, he made 21 points in the statement 
a lot of them were calling out people that he thought was corrupt. Um, he said that he was having some health issues and, uh, you know, that he just was kind of sick of the world too. And he decided that this was his exit from this world. So, I mean, I think my big takeaway from Richard's story is that I think that, um, you know, like you say, people should question the government. There have been real conspiracies. I think that conspiracy theory destroyed Richard's life. He, yeah, he got it's kind of like when conspiracy it. goes too far. Yeah. He, uh, he saw this, you know, Alex Jones documentary. And that inspired him to go to the Bohemian Grove. He's, he was charged with five felonies. He went to prison for six years and then was on parole for three years. He couldn't, he had a lot of trouble finding a job because he was very honest. He was a very honest person. Uh, uh, he was not a liar. So when he would fill out a job application, I'm sure when it says, have you ever been convicted of a felony? He was like, yes, five felonies, including arson and brandishing a weapon at a police officer. Oh, wow. That, does, that doesn't look great on your resume, you know? Yeah. And so he couldn't find a job, and he had a lot of trouble making human connections. Like, he was just kind of naturally paranoid. Um, and so I think it was hard for him to, like, develop meaningful relationships with people. And I think all of it just kind of slowly took a toll on him um, until he was like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this world. And it's, it's sad to me because uh, he had some very creative abilities. Uh, like I mentioned, he drew his own comic books and his artwork was pretty cool. He made his own costumes. Uh, towards the end of his life, he had made some videos that were kind of a fictional version of his character. So, you know, the guy had some creative talents and I wish he would have pursued that more than he did sitting there trying to figure out conspiracy theories. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I need to, I think we need to figure out like what's true and what's not. I mean, because especially now, I mean, but the, the, no one does us any favors in trying to figure it out. I mean, like it's, it's very, we live in a very upside down world and that, but I mean, people have to just be better judges for themselves and they can't, and you can't, obviously you can't go out and commit crimes. You know what I mean? I think that I, that's, that's, I think that's where people draw the line. I mean, most conspiracy theorists are pretty normal. They're not looking to go burn something down. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I think there are more people that are just like fed up with the world like because from the way they're seeing it, it's not going down right. Like here, I'll give you an example. I don't know. I don't like. I don't watch the mainstream news, but currently yeah. in Australia and Canada, the measures are getting more stringent. You know, it's almost where they they've enforced somewhat of like. I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard it's like draconian laws, like where the police are enforcing people to stay in their house, like. And, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's just gotten like really bad. So how do people not think of a conspiracy in that situation? They can't just think, 
COVID, they, they're thinking in those countries, I think they're starting, I talked to certain people in them and they're starting to think something more is going on than what it is. So I think we're in really difficult times. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying, I don't know who's right. I don't know what's going on. I don't live there, but I'm just saying like we live in yeah. a very difficult time. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's um, uh, totally added fuel to the fire for sure. Uh, it is, it's very, uh, it not, and it's not like there's just one tough thing going on. There's um, the pandemic, there's civil unrest, you know, uh, a lot of bitter <laughs> opposition between people because of their political ideas, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. That's a just, huge thing. That's a huge it's thing. Like, now. It's like a layer on top of a layer of tough stuff to deal with. So I don't yeah. think it's surprising that people are starting to have breakdowns really. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like it, when stuff came out, like what was your thoughts on QAnon? Like who started that? Like, and what would, did it have any kind of like, uh, truth to it at all yeah um so in my book i have a chapter that's just titled q <laughs> and this was so it's a good like very basic chapter about how q started um i mean it's not up to date because so much has developed within QAnon, even in the last year you know you got uh it went from being this kind of small corner of the internet to now I'm sure you might have seen there's like a, a contingency of people in Dallas that are hanging out because they think JFK Jr. is going to appear to them and you know reveal that he never died. <laughs> I didn't know that like I don't follow QAnon yeah. I, I don't have no. a problem with yeah. it but I don't I don't um yeah. I don't I, I've heard that they think JFK Jr. is alive I, I don't know like you know I don't think so I mean obviously oh. like, there was hundreds of them that showed up to Dealey Plaza in Dallas where JFK was shot because they had somehow gotten some clue that his son, JFK Jr., was going to appear in Dallas on November 4th, I think it was. Well, where is JFK? Did JFK Jr. die? Yes, I, never, uh, I didn't know about him. Yes, this is what people call the Kennedy curse. Uh, JFK Jr., died in a plane crash in 1999 but oh, QAnon wow. believes that he's secretly been hiding oh, out yeah and he's and that, gonna align with trump and that they're gonna take out yes satanic pedophiles yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what you know what it's someone when, when it's too much like that's just like you know like i you know i'll tell you what didn't help that is the epstein thing because a lot of conspiracy yeah. went into the Epstein and there was so much hidden stuff in Epstein and a lot of government yeah. people behind it. So this is like, yeah. there's, there's true things that, 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 that feed the conspiracy. And I wonder yeah. if the government, yeah. like in some case doesn't, um, I, I wonder if the, not the government, but I feel like there's a level of people in charge of the government. And I don't know if you would call that a shadow government. I wonder if those yeah. people just kind of sit back and lick their chops because they have all of us divided. And I always yeah. tell people on my show, I say, I don't like to talk politics because I feel like we're stronger when we're together, not when we're divided. Yeah. You know, when we're divided, they, you know, that's when they can have more control over us. If there is a shadow government, I'm not saying there is, but it seems like there is. And and when they have these real things that happen, like the Epstein case, which had a lot of hidden stuff in it. And you couldn't, again, you don't know what's true and what's not. It's a lot of people are saying a lot of different things. 
you know. So it, it's like these weird things happen that cause the conspiracy fire to fuel. And where do we where do we know where to end it? Your book is a good example of what what where, where conspiracy can run rampant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like you say, I certainly don't think that all people interested in conspiracy theorists are, you know, the same as Richard or, or whatever. But, um, I mean, there's been other cases similar to his over the years. If you remember Pizzagate, the guy that went into the pizzeria with a gun because he thought that they were keeping sex slaves in the basement of the pizzeria. You know, his story is pretty similar to Richard McCaslin's. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, he was a. Um, he had seen a video about Pizzagate and um, kind of the same thing. He was like, "No way, they're like operating this uh, child trafficking ring out of this pizza place. I'm gonna go there with a gun." And he like, you know, thankfully no one was killed in that incident either. But yeah, but he was he was there and armed because he thought he was going to save the children. Wow, um, that's and 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 and, and yeah, the flat Earth was another one you covered too, right? I did. I went to a flat Earth conference um, in Dallas, actually, uh, and I just I had to see it to believe it. I guess is why I went. I was like, do these people really believe that the Earth is flat? And yes, I mean there was hundreds of people at this conference and you know, discussions where they presented evidence, I'm going to use quotes there, that the, the world is flat. And I was like, this is really kind of a shocking thing to see. And, you know, uh, yeah, I went what, there in 2019. I'm like, it's 2019, and there's a growing number of people who believe that the world is flat. Yeah. They're not joking. They're not joking around. They really believe it. Yeah, they, they, they get pretty serious about that. You know, yeah. like, but then there's some people that say there's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think there is. I think it's a psyop. I think it's a, I think it really is like what we would call a psychological operation. Like, you know, like where that's put in play to, I don't know. I wanted to get well, a little bit more. Well, speaking of QAnon, uh, Richard, um, he believed that QAnon was a psyop. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the things he said in his final statements was um, he uh, he said that he believed that QAnon and other groups like that were part of the government PSYOP program. But he was so deep into conspiracy that he had conspiracies about conspiracies. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, yeah. I wanted to get on a lighthearted topic because we, you know, I, 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 and I, I urge people to go out and get your books because I think they're great. The superhero book's amazing, and th- that book, uh, American Madness, is amazing. But I want to talk to you about your your thoughts on the paranormal with the, the ghost hunt. You did the book about ghost hunting, Bigfoot, UFO, yeah, yeah. UFOs. What, what 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 kind of conclusions did you come up with with that? Because I have a feeling that a lot of it's real. Like I. I've talked to many people on ghosts, and it seems like consciousness continues after we die. I can't confirm it yeah. for real, but it seems pretty real, you know. Like, and as far as Bigfoot, I, I'm not sure. I'm like fifty-fifty on that. I have a guy who comes on my show. He's from Pennsylvania. He runs the UFO calling line where people call in, they report UFOs and Bigfoot, and he said he gets calls of spottings all the time. 
there could be like a parallel universe, you know, next to ours yeah. where these things come in. I'm not sure, but first I'll get your opinion on ghosts, and then and then after that, Bigfoot and UFOs. But but what are your thoughts about ghosts? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was my second book, Monster Hunters, and my goal there was just to hang out with paranormal investigators and, and see what they were all about, and I ended up going on quite a few ghost hunt uh, uh, or, you know, uh, ghost research expeditions. I went to UFO conferences. I went out Bigfooting, all that. It was very fun, very interesting experience. Um, I've never seen a ghost myself. However... I've talked to people who I believe um, that have had encounters with ghosts. Yeah. And I, I believe there is sincerity in that. So um, so I, I think it's definitely possible, even though I haven't experienced it myself. Yeah, and I haven't. The theory, yeah, the theory that I like best is, like you said, uh, maybe at times there is a like parallel universe and... Um, it kind of intersects with ours on occasion. And that could be an explanation for a lot of these weird things that people see, like ghosts and Bigfoot and uh, extraterrestrials or whatever. So, Yeah, because um, I, I mean, the government came out and they said the UFOs were real. I mean, this makes yeah. me question. The, I mean, it, I'm, okay, I don't want to sound like too much of a conspiracy theorist because, I, you know, like Lou Elizondo, he's done a lot of work. He, he works for... Um, the government, but he was a, a part of that group. Um, you know, that singer Tom DeLong. And, um, mm -hmm. but anyway, like, you know, the, the government had to report that they basically reported that UFOs were real and they didn't know where they were coming from. They, they that, that's, that was the gist of the report. They know about as much as you and I, you know, yeah. and I, yeah. I might know, no, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I know more because I feel like the government has said hidden secrets. Maybe they might've reverse engineered craft. If you listen to Bob Lazar talk, like, Bob Lazar says he saw them, you know, and I, and then there's like these, I don't know if you got into this at all, but alien abduction is really interesting too, because mm -hmm. a lot of people have, have had like these serious encounters, you know what I mean? And they get like, mm -hmm. I've had a lot of contactees come on my show and they're, they're very sincere. And like, I, you know, I've had people break down and like, you know, like, um, I can tell they're not lying. So I don't know what exactly they're experiencing. Like, I, I I have to start to think that something was going on because it was more prevalent in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And a lot of researchers like Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs were, they really tackled the abduction phenomena. Like, you know, they did like the hypnotic regressions on people and stuff like that. And it seemed to me like after the conclusion that something was visiting us, you know, if you want to call it the little gray aliens, and then people go a lot deeper into that. But what were your thoughts on that? Did you have any? Yeah, uh, I mean, like you say, it's so funny to see how people thought of UFO reports as being really kooky or or whatever. But now I would say it's not. It's like a fact that they exist. The government yeah. said that they exist. And, um, you know, they're not saying what they are. And that's maybe because they don't know. But they pretty much said, yeah, this is something that we're we've actively studied in the past and we are studying because we want to figure out what's going on. So I'm not sure where they're from, if they're from Mars or a different universe, or if it's uh, a secret, you know, maybe it's a secret Russian program or something, but um, 
it's a, a topic that I'm very, I'm, I'm fascinated about. I love hearing about it. Um, I've talked to people who have said that they've been abducted, you know, um, and so, yeah, I don't know what it is. I feel, it feels like we're coming close to a point where we're going to find something out though. I hope so. I agree. It does. It does. It, it seems like we're close. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if we'll ever get full disclosure, but if you watch like all the people who've talked in the past, like Colonel Corso, like from the Roswell crash, like he said that he handed over a lot of technology to companies so they could make like technology out of what they retrieved from the Roswell crash, which is really interesting. He talks about that in his book, The Day After Roswell. And like, I don't know. It's just like, it, it, but it's so hard to believe. You know, I, I don't know who to believe. You know, like, I want to believe. I should have a teacher that says I want to believe because I really do yeah. want to believe. But my name on YouTube is Typical Skeptic. So I want to know the truth. And if I'm being lied to about something, I really want to know more so because I want to get to the bottom of what what's going on, whether it's a conspiracy that might be wrong or a conspiracy that's right or ghosts or what you know whatever i just want to know what what's really going on you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely yeah um yeah the one thing i did that was ufo related for the book was i went to the international ufo congress uh which happens every year in um arizona uh by phoenix and really fascinating conference i've always wanted to go back to that and hopefully i will um Yes, you know, one of these years, but um, it, it was a very fascinating conference and a wide range of people from different walks of life who were there because we're all just curious to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I think they have it near Sedona because Sedona is mm -hmm. a big place for, um, uh, you know, like sightings. Like, it's like a, there's some people say it's like a portal or a vortex, like, you know, because like, yeah it's like rampant with sightings. Like now this guy says that we get a lot of sightings here in Pennsylvania. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And um, I haven't seen one yet. I, I keep my eyes peeled to the sky all the time, but I have not seen one yet. Like um, what, what are your, you know, it's a funny one are the moon conspiracies. Have you ever heard the, the, the different moon conspiracies and what are your thoughts on that? It's kind of, it's funny. Like they say that there's like alien bases on the moon and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, so Richard, who I wrote about in American Madness, um, he was originally an Alex Jones fan, um, but Alex Jones refused to support him. In fact, he kind of disparaged him. So he fell out of favor with Richard, but he wanted a new like conspiracy guru in his life. So he began to get way into the works of David Icke. And um, so he believed very strongly that reptilian aliens walk among us and are <laughs> some of our top politicians are actually reptilian aliens in disguise. And he believed that the moon is actually um, hollow and that's a, a reptilian spaceship. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy when we when yeah. we talk about it, but like these are yeah. things people believe, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not denying it; it could be true, you know. Yeah. Like, I, you, yeah. we never know. I mean, get, I mean, because like I said, we it seems like we live in the upside down world sometimes. Like, right. but yeah. I yeah. I also I also see your side of it where you where you wrote this book and and you say the conspiracies 
the best way I can put it about your book is you, you said the conspiracies are run a little bit rampant, and we yeah. need to figure out what's really true. And I agree with that sentiment because it's kind of like we don't want our society to get out of control with like real fake news. You know, like we don't want our society yeah. to be overrun by fake news because that's just not a right way to live. Yeah. And, you know, I, I understand the appeal of conspiracies. Like I say, you know, I I, uh, I used to love to read about them. Um, but, you know, I also believe strongly that you need to have evidence and, you know, you need to accept the truth. And the thing is, the truth a lot of times is pretty boring. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's... Um, uh, usually someone is a bad politician because they're a bad human being, not because they're a reptilian alien in disguise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They, they're just like, a, they're, they're acting like a scumbag or something like that. Like they have like, like bad ways towards humanity. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. You know? Than... It, yeah. It doesn't mean that they eat babies or that they're doing satanic things they're just a average everyday awful person yeah so, you know that's what i'm saying like uh there was something i saw circulated that was saying conspiracy theorists must not have tried to do a group project with like 10 people because then they would understand that you know everything isn't connected in this elaborate conspiracy the world is really chaotic and stuff randomly happens it's not all part of a plan necessarily you know yeah yeah so, so I, I think it's just good for people to think about that like you know does this make sense um you know is this just a normal everyday thing or you know maybe i'm reading too much into something yeah and and maybe spend less time on the internet and, and, I, yeah. and this is coming from someone i believe more conspiracy theories you know i, I because yeah. i tend to look at things like from like i'm more i'm, I'm open-minded about things i'm a skeptic but i'm really open-minded about things and i know yeah, the government's lied good. to us so i'm yeah, i stay open-minded you know but i love talking to you about this subject because i could literally talk about it forever because it's so interesting like all the different aspects yeah. of it but this has been amazing can you tell everybody where to find your website and all that stuff yeah, uh, so my website is tkrulos.com, T-E-A-K-R-U-L-O-S.com. And on my website, you can find information on all of my books. I write a weekly column on my website that's called Tease Weird Week. And uh, I just write about whatever topic I want to that particular week. And um, there's a, a, a link on my website that has upcoming uh, appearances that I'm doing. They're usually here in the Milwaukee area. And um, yeah, more information about me too. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm, I'll send you a link when I post this. Great. I'll include that in my column. All right. Awesome. So. Well, thanks. Have a good night, man. It was nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. Great talking to you. All right. Until Bye. next time.